Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Long Relief Podcast. Austin Dakota and Barrett Hodgson welcoming you in to what should be a fun episode, Barrett, as we get ready to talk American League divisions and kind of go through and rank and preview each division. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a very competitive American League this year and this is going to be some great division races throughout and I'm just looking forward to get into it. So before we start with the American League, we want to let you know that next Tuesday we'll be previewing the National League as well as opening day for baseball, which is April 7th for some teams, but most teams April 8th. So look out for that episode too coming up next week. But let's jump into today's topic, the American League divisions, Barrett. I think it makes the most sense to start with the American League East. Yeah, I would agree. That's probably the most competitive division in baseball. And uh, I'm a Red Sox fan. So let's get into it. All right. So let's start off with our last place teams and we'll work our way up in each division. So first, my last place team is the Orioles. I think, Barrett, it's pretty obvious this team's going to be really bad. I mean, as evident by number one, their payroll, their standings last year and how this is the, as you said, the most competitive division in baseball. Yeah, I agree. I have them finishing last as well. And they just don't have the talent to compete with any of these four other teams between their pitching staff, which is pretty horrible, and their bullpen. And their lineup has a couple guys in it, like Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins, and Mancini, who are solid MLB players, but they just don't have enough to compete with these other teams at all, I think. Yeah, I think Mullins, Mountcastle, and Mancini is a good trio to have, but when you have that bad rotation, bad bullpen, and nothing else, it's going to be a long year for the Orioles once again. And then, Barrett, at number four in the American League East, who do you have in that slot? So I have the Rays, which might be a little controversial, but I think they're bound at some point. Like they've been so good for the past couple of years with a team that has not a lot of superstars on it. Uh, but I think they're due for some sort of regression. Their pitching staff really worries me this season. Uh, they'll always have a good bullpen, but they're without Glasnow. Now they did have Glasnow a lot of the season last year when they made their run to get the one of the top seeds in the, in the AL. I just don't think that their pitching staff can lead them to be better than fourth in this division. Yeah, see, the good thing about the AL East is um, there's going to be four teams, I think, with 80 wins still, Barrett, and the Rays could finish fourth but still have a good year by most metrics. Yeah, and I agree. And they do so well at mixing and matching. Um, like their lineups against lefties and righties. And that's what makes them be a very talented ball club. But like I said, they're, they're going into the season and it'll be McClanahan's first full year pitching as their ace. And then they have a lot of guys who are kind of unproven. I mean, Corey Kluber, they were going to rely on for big innings and Corey Kluber wasn't very good last season. So like I said, I think they're, the starting pitching worries me, but their bullpen is the type of bullpen that they might only need four or five innings every game from their stars. And I think that's kind of what they're going to go for. Yeah, it'll definitely be an interesting year for them. I think a lot of fans are going to put their eyes on that team for Wander, obviously, um, because of the big contract he got. And I mean, obviously he's pegged as kind of the next superstar in the league. So I think that'll be interesting. And that's kind of why I have them at third. But before we get to that, I will, I'll tell you about my fourth place team, uh, the Yankees, Barrett. I think the Yankees are the fourth best team in the American League East. And part of the reason is their rotation is not good at all. And nobody's talking about it. And it's really bothering me because people are putting the Yankees at second or winning the division. And uh, yes, their lineup's good. 
you know, they don't have a lot of holes there, but their rotation legitimately could have five guys who start the year on their rotation and not be in the rotation by the end of the year. Yeah, and I have I have the Yankees at three for this reason as well. I think their their pitching rotation has some to left to be desired. Uh, but they do have Garrett Cole, and Garrett Cole is, a, is an ace. Uh, we did see his numbers drop a little bit once they got rid of the sticky stuff, but he's still he's still an ace. So I think they're really going to rely on him to side of that staff, and they're going to need one of these guys like Jordan Montgomery or Luis Severino to kind of step up and have a really good season in order for them to make a run to potentially be the first or second seed like people are predicting. Uh, like you said, their lineup is phenomenal, and – they're both pen solid with Chapman at the back end and Loizaga and Chad Green. They have a decent bullpen, but I can agree and I could see why you have them as fourth as well. Yeah, I think, like you said, um, part of their issue is these starters are a couple of guys who need to take the jump, but we don't know if they will. And part of it, Barrett, is if you look at them in a four-game series, right, when they come and play the Blue Jays, and the matchup ends up being, you know, Ryu versus Cole, but then it's Berrios versus German, and Berrios has the edge, or Alex Manoa uh, versus Montgomery, and the Blue Jays have the edge. Same thing with the Rays and Red Sox. I think if you go series by series within their own division, just off pitching matchups, they're already losing those series, which is why I kind of had them at four, because I think their division record is going to be so bad because of how the other team's rotations match up so well with theirs. Yeah, I can understand what you're saying. Uh, the thing is, I think a huge part of the Yankees is health. Uh, like we, if Jamison Tyone stays healthy, which he never really has, he could end up being a solid starter for him. Luis Severino, they don't know if he's going to be a bullpen guy or if he's going to go to a starting role. Who knows? Could he go back to his old form? They have a lot of questions in that, in that rotation, I think. And then throughout their lineup, I mean, if Stan, Judge – Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo, if these guys stay healthy, they're going to be a very hard team to pitch to. I mean, right now you're looking at DJ LeMay, who is kind of a, a platoon guy. So they, they're pretty deep. So, Yeah, and I think like the Rays too, I mean, these are two teams who are going to win, you know, 85 to 88 games or maybe 82 to 89, somewhere in that range. Um, and that's where we agree. We have them at three and four. So I think we kind of see they're in a similar win area, whereas I think the other two teams that we agreed on here in the division in the American League East, they're more 90-win teams, 95-win teams being the Red Sox, who we both had at second, and the Blue Jays, who we both had at first. But let's start with Boston, Barrett. Uh, we both liked them at second behind the Jays, but what is your reasoning behind that? Uh, so it, it hurts me to put them at two because obviously I want to put them at one so badly, but I just don't think – I think it comes down to Chris Sale, honestly. And I don't know if Chris Sale can be what Chris Sale was the, in 2018. Like, we haven't seen that form of him in a long time. Uh, I do think that they're still a 91 team, even if Chris Sale has a, a 4-2 ERA. But I think that they really need to rely on their bullpen. And there's some question marks in there. And they need to rely on some veteran starting pitching like Rich Hill and Michael Walker, which scares me a little bit against a team like the Blue Jays who has such a deep lineup. Now, the Red Sox lineup is also extremely deep, and they might just try to out-hit a lot of teams. Um, but when it comes down to it, I just think the Blue Jays' starting rotation is just better than the Red Sox, and that's why I have the Red Sox at two. Yeah, I agree with you on most of those points too, Barrett. I think if you look at 
too, depth-wise, the Red Sox might have the edge depth-wise, you know, the ability to come in and plug and play a lot of different guys and be versatile, whereas the Blue Jays have a couple of holes here and there. Um, and I think Kevin Biggio, after how poor of a season he had last year, is a major hole for them. Um, as is, they could use to get Springer off his feet some. He's been hurt a little bit. But for the Blue Jays overall, it's just those guys in the lineup uh, can hit. They all can hit 30 home runs. There's some beasts in there. But when you couple that with the rotation, like you mentioned, and I think Alec Manoa is going to develop into one of the best pitchers in the bigs, you add in Berrios, you add in um, Kevin Gosman too. There's some question marks because Ryu had a little bit of a regression last year, and will Gosman's success translate to Toronto? But overall, I think the Blue Jays are a very solid team and complete, but just not as deep as the Red Sox, which is where I give Boston the edge, but still not enough of an edge. Yeah, and I can agree with that. And like you said, Biggio was he was so tremendous. So it'll be interesting how they use him this season. But I do think the best reliever between those two teams is on the Blue Jays. And I think it's Jordan Romano. I think he's one of the best relievers in the bigs. And I think that's also a big aspect of things. The Red Sox aren't 100% sure who's going to be their closer going into the season. Uh, it could be Garrett Whitlock. We've seen him be very impressive. But Romano's the guy in Toronto. And it, it's kind of assuring as a starting pitcher to know that if you're handing the ball over to the bullpen, that you have a guy in the back end like Romano who can shut things down. I mean, looking at these teams in the division, too, positionally, you look at just the talent that's in the division at shortstop with Bichette, Bogarts. Um, I guess uh, Isaiah Kinfalefa is pretty good, not a star yet, and Wander. I mean, just those three beasts in uh, IFK, they're pretty good. But, I mean, positionally, there is so much talent in this division, it's crazy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, like, the all-star teams. I think you're going to see – a lot of uh, – I know every team is required to have an all-star, but a majority of the guys might be out of this division. That's, like you said, there's so much talent. Like a guy like on the Blue Jays, Ramil Tapia, like he's not even going to get looked at. And he had a pretty good season last year with the Rockies. So I think there's going to be a lot of guys who are good players that kind of go under the radar because there's so many stars. But the star, the star talent is immense in this division. Yeah, and even like we said, the Orioles have those three guys who are pretty good baseball players in the heart of their order. But overall, do you think the Blue Jays have the best rotation in the division, or is there another team you'd give that to? No, I think it's the Blue Jays. Uh, I think it's just a complete rotation, one through five, and they have Ross Stripling, who's going to be a six guy. I mean, I don't know who they come out and they throw on open day as their one. Could be Ryu, could be Gosman, could be Barrios, could be Manoa. Um, but their fifth guy is Kikuchi, and he had a solid season last last year. And then you have Ross Stripling as a possible sixth guy. I think that's just so much in depth. And overall, they're pretty talented pitchers. So I think between that rotation and that lineup, they're going to cause a lot of problems. Um, but their bullpen, besides Romano, it's a question mark. So we'll see. Well, I think one thing that could fly under the radar with that team is Nate Pearson because he's not in the rotation. Like you said, Ross Stripling is a six-man, really, so it's not him. He could have a really low-leverage role in the bullpen. He was a highly touted prospect if he makes a roster, Barrett, and he could be a guy that flies under the radar like a Garrett Whitlock or a Tanner Houck in Boston did last year. Yeah, and that'd be huge for them because they're missing a guy like that, so I, I definitely agree. And I think I'm just excited to watch this team play. They're 
it's such a good team and they put up, they're going to put up so many runs. Uh, so I'm excited. And one thing about the Red Sox uh, lineup too, with that addition of Trevor story, it's so much deeper just by adding that one guy, because it, you, there's really not an automatic out or not really an automatic out, but a, a below 240 hitter until you get down to Jackie Bradley or Vasquez in the eight or nine spot. Yeah. And, that's what's going to make the Red Sox a 91 team, in my opinion. It's because they have so much depth in the order. And like you said, they have a lot of depth in terms of guys they can bring off the bench. Uh, one through six are just guys you don't want to pitch to. You don't want to pitch to Devers. You don't want to pitch to Bogarts. Kiki has his streaks where he's unstoppable. I mean, the team, the top six is going to produce a lot of runs. And the team is lucky to add a guy like Story because he's just another star piece in that lineup. Yeah, and I think with the story addition to it allows you to be a little bit more versatile too with your lineups because you'll have the ability to shift Trevor over to short and get Xander off his feet a little bit or move Xander to third occasionally and get Rafi a couple of days off. Um, I wish JD was a better outfielder defensively, and then I'd be more comfortable sticking him out there more. But at least with story, you can move him to a couple of positions and allow your stars to get a day off from the field, which sometimes you know you look at their defensive stats. Sometimes that's a plus not to have Rafi's defense, but to keep his bat in the line of bad DH. But I just, I wish JD could play the field more to give those guys some more rotation there. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a huge part of adding story is to get these guys off their feet. I mean, JD, even though he's not a great defender, he'll probably still play 30, 40 games in the outfield throughout the season. He usually does around that number. So like you said, they'll get be able to get days off their feet. Uh, another guy who I think could be a wild card for this team is Jaron Duran. Uh, if he develops into the player that a lot of people within the organization think he could be, then you might not see a lot of Jackie Bradley and you might not see a lot of automatic outs in the order. I mean, Duran can fly. Like he tagged up from second base in a spring training game the other day. So if you add the element of speed like he has to this lineup, it could be, it could be arguably better than the Blue Jays lineup. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of Jacoby Ellsbury when Ellsbury was first with the Sox. But I think Duran has more power. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. It's just he he's so quick, and that's an aspect of the game that the Sox are missing a little bit. I mean, Kike can steal some bases. Um, Jackie Bradley can steal some. But really, Xander, Rafi, Martinez, they're not going to run a ton. Trevor Story will get a decent amount. I'll be interested to see uh, how that plays out where he is in the order. Um, obviously, Verdugo and Vasquez are not really speed guys. So that adding Duran really gives you the ability on the bases to have two, you know, 25, 30 base stealers with Story and him. And then maybe Kike gets about 15 to 20. Yeah, I would agree. And another thing that I just kind of thought about, there's a lot of prospects who we could see in this division in the mm -hmm. middle of the season. Like Passes. with the Orioles, you could see Adley and he could be their everyday catcher. With the Red Sox, you could see Tristan Costas get called up, and he could platoon with the Bobby Dahlbeck. Like, those are two top prospects. You already hit on Pearson, and the Rays always have guys. Shane Baez is still a prospect, but he just got injured. So I think all these teams have prospects that they're looking at to make a, a pretty good-sized impact on the season. It's really become amazing, all the big names that are in this division and have come out of this division in the last decade or so. I mean, you just look at each team – Obviously, the powerhouses of Red Sox, Yankees, but the Blue Jays have developed a decent amount of young talent and had stars on their team. Even the Orioles, 
and a couple of those playoff runs. And all these teams just seem to know how to find stars. Yeah, and it it just seems like they all can scout, huh? Like, like the Blue Jays are all there's a lot of homegrown talent in the Blue Jay system and the Red Sox have a lot of homegrown guys too. And you look at the Yankees and I know judge didn't get drafted there, but they took a shot on them in a trade and the Yankees try to pay their way, but they have some homegrown guys and the, all the Orioles are trying to do right now is grow guys. So, and the Rays, the Rays are the Rays. They just find guys. So this, this division could really scout and find players and develop them really well. Yeah, I mean, it's just so impressive to look at Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette on the same team, homegrown, and then Rafi and Xander, same team, homegrown. It's just in the same division. I think it's going to be a really fun year in uh, the American League East. And, Barrett, one more time to recap. We both said Orioles last place. You said Rays in fourth. I said Yankees. Uh, You said Yankees in third. I said Rays. And then we agreed Red Sox and then the Jays. Uh, would be our division winners. So should be a competitive year. Any final thoughts on the AL East before we jump over to the Central? Uh, just enjoy this division because it's going to be the funnest one to watch in baseball. And the playoff race is going to be amazing. Oh, I can't wait for September for the American League East. And this division coming up too, the American League Central could be a sleeper division to be a solid division in baseball. There's one team or two rather that I'm really excited to talk about Let's just start with our last place teams. We both agreed the Royals worst in the division. Yeah, the the Royals, uh, I like what they're doing there. They have a couple guys like Mondesi and they have Bobby Witt Jr. coming up uh, and Whit Merrifield. I do think that the, you could see them have an active trade deadline, possibly moving a Merrifield, uh, moving maybe even a Zach Granke, who they signed to a one-year deal. Uh, but they just don't have the talent to compete for this division. Now, I don't think this division is very strong. So maybe the Royals surprise a couple people and they win more games than they're supposed to. Uh, but ultimately I do have them finishing in last place. Yeah. They lost Danny Duffy in the off season. Uh, they bring in Zach Granke, which is a nice move to have, you know, a, a solid, reliable pitcher, but I think he could be a trade piece. Of course, if he agrees to it at the deadline, but they're just a lot of holes compared to the other teams in the division. And I think it's uh, pretty easy to say they'll finish in last, but could surprise people, as you said, with any of these teams, really, because there's some a lot of unknowns, a lot of guys in their third or fourth year that haven't panned out, but could make the jump. And then there's a couple on this next team that we both put in fourth place, Barrett. The Minnesota Twins are both of our fourth place teams. Yeah, I thought with the Twins because I love their lineup. Uh, I like their infield with the addition of Correa, Gio Urshela, and if Byron Buxton stays healthy. but it's just so hard to think the Twins could be any better than a fourth-place team with this rotation. Between Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, those are really the only two guys I see as solid options. And you have Dylan Bundy and guys like that. And I just don't think their pitching staff is up to par with the rest of the division to make a run at the postseason. Yeah, they're really going to have to need a healthy Byron Buxton for 162 games and a – Carlos Correa, who can hit 30-plus home runs if they want to really make any sort of jump. Just because of how bad that rotation is, you touched on. I'm not excited about Gray or Randy Dobnak. No offense to him, but it just those two are not necessarily the best one-two or one-three to have in your rotation, especially in a division where there are a couple teams who can slug. Yeah, I agree. And 
The thing, I think the Twins could be competitive because their lineup, I think, could produce a lot of runs. Uh, I see them hitting a lot of home runs between Gary Sanchez, Sano, Carlos Correa, and those type of guys. And they have their average guys, like Urshela, Luis Arias, and Jorge Polanco. So, I, like I said, I do like their lineup. Uh, their back of their bullpen isn't awful either with Taylor Rogers and Tyler Duffy. But that, that starting pitcher pitching is just not up to par with what they need. Yeah, and then let's jump now, Barrett, since we've agreed on the first two spots in the division as fifth and fourth place. Let's jump to third, where we have a pretty different take on who's going to come in third. You have the Detroit Tigers finishing third, and I have the uh, Cleveland Guardians, that's right, the Guardians, uh, finishing in third in mine. So what are your thoughts on the Tigers, and why do you have them at third? Yeah, so this was really tough for me between – the, my second and third team. Uh, the reason I have the Tigers in third is I think they're still just a little bit too young in their rotation uh, to be uh, a really great team. Now, I think they could surprise a lot of people. They could win the division. Uh, but ultimately, I just don't think they have enough talent throughout their lineup. And I think the rotation might be a little bit too young to make that jump just yet. I think they're knocking on the doorstep. We'll see Spencer Torkelson this year. We'll see Riley Green probably this year at some point. And those are two phenomenal prospects, but I just don't know. I think the youth will show kind of like the Toronto Blue Jays a couple of years ago, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good comparison to it. I'm kind of taking a little bit of a bigger leap with that and thinking Casey Mize can make a big jump this year and lead the rotation. But we'll get to them uh, when I get to them in my spot. But for – my third place, uh, the Guardians, I had finishing third, who you had at second. So let's talk Guardians for a minute, and we'll jump back to the last two teams or finish up on the Tigers. But the Guardians could surprise a lot of people, not with their bats, but their rotation. Because Shane Bieber, Zach Plesak, Tristan McKenzie, and Aaron Savale is a pretty good four pitchers to have in your starting five. Yeah, and that's why I have them in my second spot. I I was going back and forth. I was looking through some depth charts and some numbers and stuff. And I just think ultimately they probably have the best starting rotation when healthy in the division. And I think that's a big deal. And they have two really good relievers in Karen Shack and Class A. So if this lineup can produce just a decent amount of runs, I think they'll be in that second spot. I mean, you're looking to see jumps out of Jimenez and Ahmed Rosario and maybe Bobby Bradley and, Miles Strong, guys like that, but I wouldn't expect a whole lot of their corner outfielders. I mean, Josh Nosh, Josh Naylor may come back midseason. He's coming off an injury, and they have a, a power hitting DH and Fernando Reyes. But I think the real strength of this team is both their starting pitching and their bullpen, and I think this could lead them to this, that second spot in the division. Yeah, I think they're going to have a year that people don't expect, you know, maybe around, for me, 75 to 82 wins in that range, which isn't terrible. I think a lot of people are just throwing them at uh, bottom of the division because a lot of people like the Twins over them. But I think the Guardians could surprise some people, and you hit on it. Framil Reyes could have a big year. Uh, Jimenez and Rosario could have good years. But it's a lot of, you know, unknowns in that lineup as well. And especially with just Jose Ramirez really as a proven, you have a lot of unknowns and you don't really know what you're going to get from the Guardians offense at all. Whereas some teams have a couple of guys who are more proven, but really the Guardians just have Ramirez, who's a proven star in the league. 
Yeah, not, that's 100% true. And if this team faces some injuries in their rotation and they're just a little bit below 500, you could even see Jose Ramirez get traded at the deadline. So there's a lot of what-ifs with this team. Uh, I'm banking on them staying healthy, and I think they'll be pretty solid if they're healthy. Uh, but it could go complete the complete other direction if there's injuries, I think. Yeah, that's the thing is health is a big part of this too, Barrett, because you could look at the teams who we agree on, like in the previous division, the Blue Jays in first, and then two big injuries later, they're in fourth place. So we should we should say, you know, health is a major factor into all of these rankings uh, before, you know, we continue. I mean, if, like I said, two big injuries, like Casey Myers goes down and then Torkelson doesn't come up, I think, the Tigers might be the worst team in the division. Yeah, and I completely agree. And that's the that's the risk I kind of running with the Guardians because we saw a non-healthy Shane Bieber last year. We saw Plesak battle injuries. We've seen Tristan McKenzie battle injuries. We've seen Jose Ramirez have some stints on the on the IL. So I think that's a big aspect for this team. I mean, if they have Shane Bieber, he's an ace. He's one of the best pitchers in the league. And then these other guys are really solid, two through five. I mean, even Cal Quantrill is a solid number five starting pitcher. So, like you said, injuries are a huge thing. It can completely change the division outlook. So, to finish up with this division, Barrett, you had the White Sox in first place. I had them in second behind the Tigers. Now, I'll explain the Tigers pick first. I really think Casey Mize is going to have a phenomenal year. I picked him to win Cy Young because from what I saw last year and how they managed him, he is set up for a year of success at the big league level. I like some of the other pieces. I like school ball in that rotation. I think Erod has a solid year there. Um, but I also think with Torkelson coming up, Riley Green going to get some time. Those two are massive bats that could contribute right away with Javi Baez. So I think the Tigers are going to surprise a lot of people. And then the reason I put the White Sox in second was I'm just not sold on the White Sox being able to get it done. They've had so much struggle the last couple of years. You're asking Lance Lynn to stay healthy again and be the star Lance Lynn pitcher rather than, you know, the guy who we've seen him creep back to at times. They lost Carlos Rodon, and they didn't really replace him. Dallas Keuchel's been pretty bad. So I think the rotation has a lot of issues. And their bullpen, I think, is really good, probably the best in the league. But if your rotation's already – if you're coming in – down five. I mean, there's no use to line them up with Kimbrell, Crockett, and Hendricks when you're down six. Yeah, I understand your points there. Uh, the, the argument I'll make with you is I think they have the best lineup in the division. Like, their bats, I think, are really good. Like, again, another team where health matters a lot, but between Jose Breu, Tim Anderson, Eli Jimenez, and Luis Robert, those are four, like, stars in this league that if they stay healthy, they all have very good plate appearances and pitchers have a hard time with them. And then you have other guys that supporting Castro that line up like Yohan Mercada, Yasmani Grandal, Lurie Garcia, Gavin Sheets is going to get some time, Andrew Vaughn's going to get some time. I like their lineup, their hitters a lot, and I, I think they have the best bullpen in the league. So I agree with you that the starting pitcher might be a little sketchy. I think you – uh, Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito really need to be leaders in the rotation. And obviously you need Lance Lynn to be solid again. And you need Kopech to hopefully log some innings there. But overall, I think between their bats and their bullpen, I think it's just too much for every other team in the division to overcome. Yeah, I'm taking kind of a flyer on the Tigers, you know, thinking these guys make a big leap. And part of the reason I didn't trust the White Sox is just because of their inability to stay healthy. You know, Luis Robert missing pretty much all last year at the injury. 
Uh, Eloy Jimenez gets hurt every time he plays the field. Um, so those two guys, I don't know if they're going to stay healthy. And then I think there's some holes, you know, within that team um, where they're going to look to do some upgrading at the deadline too in the lineup to add on. But yeah, if they stay healthy, I mean, you're looking at 40 home runs from Jimenez. You're looking at a 300 hitter with 30 home runs in Abreu. Um, you, you don't really know what you're going to get from Robert. It could be literally 30 home runs and 20 stolen bases. That guy is a beast. So you're looking at those three right there, and then Tim Anderson batting leadoff batting 300. That's might be the four best like that combination in the league. Yeah, and it it doesn't get much worse when you slide in a Moncada at 280 and a Grandal who can hit 30 home runs if he's healthy too. So well, I think bet, that lineups he'll bet a buck 20. So he might hit a buck 20, but his OBP might be 390. Oh uh, yeah, so that that's the thing. That's the thing with Grandal. And uh, to touch on the bullpen a little bit, I think it needs a little bit more love with – you mentioned Crochet, Kimberly, and Hendricks. They also added Kendall Graven and Joe Kelly. Like, this bullpen is deep. Man. Yeah. I forgot about them. I mean, I guess that does mean that Kopech's getting pushed to the rotation, right, if they're adding in Graven yeah. and Kelly? Yeah, so the, that last rotation spot is between Kopech, Ronaldo Lopez, and uh-huh. – your favorite player, Vinny Velasquez. Yeah, no shot he gets it. Well, let's just establish that right now. No idea why they are even trying him out. Um, Ronaldo Lopez ain't much better. He's been a prospect since 2012 and hasn't done anything. So they should just give it a Kopech now. It's not, that's not even a competition. That's like sending Brady out there against Brian Hoyer and Matt Castle and wondering who's going to start. Yeah, and I will say I have. I was lucky enough to see Kopech start a game for the White Sox against the Red Sox, and he was, like, unhittable, but he only went three or four innings. So I think they need to – hopefully they're ramping him up this offseason to at least try to get four to five innings every start, and then maybe on his days they look toward that bullpen, and then you roll out Crochet, Graveman, Kimbrell, and Hendricks as a four-man four team in the, to end the game. I mean, that's, a, that's some tough arms to go against. You better put up four or five against the starter because once you get to the bullpen, you're done. There's no shot. I mean, even if you had yeah, I mean, a bad night, like you said, they can just bring somebody else in. Like, they're that deep. Yeah. They even have Aaron Bumner, who's not, who's not too bad, no, either, not so. bad either. So, if that all plays out, I think the White Sox could win the division. Like I said, I took a chance on the Tigers, but it should be a fun division, though. I mean, people, uh, I think – don't like it you know they talk bad about it a lot as the worst division in baseball possibly possibly is but it could be competitive just as much as the other ones could be and i think Barrett, the next division we'll jump over to the american league west last one for tonight's episode like i said be sure to check back next week for the nl division breakdown uh let's start with our worst teams in the division we both agree the oakland athletics and i want to say i think i might have said it last week barrett I think it's incredibly disappointing what the A's did this offseason. Um, their owner spent no money, shipped out their gold glove third baseman who can hit 30 home runs, their star first baseman who then immediately got an eight-year contract extension from his new team. They shipped their going to probably trade their other two starters. They shipped out their ace. They could have had three stud pitchers or two studs, I think, and Manai is a good three. Kept Olsen and Chapman and then just spent a little bit of money and been a playoff team. But instead, they wanted to be cheap. And I just, I don't know, it really 
it's bothered me more than other teams because of how much they're having to sell because they did have a decent core. Yeah, they haven't spent a single dollar, right? No, not one, I not even that, not a dollar. Yeah, that was the stat I saw. Yeah, looking at this lineup, this might be probably the, one of the worst lineups of all time. <laughs> I mean, the best proven bat in it is probably Stephen Piscotty. That's um, no offense to Piscotty. He's not a bad player. Good number yeah. seven hitter, but not he's going to bat like three for them. Yeah, uh, hopefully they get something out of Pache, but, I mean, they got Steven Vogt, Sean Murphy catching. Their first baseman supposed to be Sky Bolt. Their third baseman supposed to be Seth Brown. Seth Brown's uh, just not a third baseman either, but he's going to play there, isn't he? And we got Elvis yeah, they have, short, probably. Yeah, they got Elvis short, and they have Seth Brown and Jed Lowry and Kevin Smith. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> As their options at third. So we'll see with that. Catcher. They have like eight catchers in this team. And they're shoving them in yeah. third base. And uh, I mean, like you said, they're probably going to trade Manai and Matas. And then their one's going to be Cole Irvin. <laughs> maybe Phil. AJ Puck. Former maybe, Shout out Cole Irvin. Yeah, maybe AJ Puck gets some chance at starting. Brent Honeywell, maybe. Oh, I don't know. It's just, them up, huh? it's just. It's sad looking at this team because, like you said, this is a team that could could have won a lot of games. Like, they bought at the deadline. They went and got Starling Marte at the deadline. Yeah. They went and got Josh Harrison. They went and got Jan Gomes. And now they just don't spend a dollar and they trade off. I mean, Matt Olson is a superstar. He's, the, he's a franchise player, and you, you ship him off. And hopefully Christian Pache is good, but I don't think their return they got was nearly good enough. Well, even if Pache is good, he'll play five years, then they'll trade him. So it's just a revolving door for them. Like, at some point, they have to commit some money to keep a guy. I don't – you know, I understand not bringing back Starling Marte because, I mean, he is older, and there's concerns if he can play center field every day. But go find a replacement then if you don't have somebody, you know. There's other options than to just, all right, well, we didn't – we're not going to keep him, so we don't want to spend money. I mean, they could have gone and got somebody else, like Michael Conforto on, you know, whatever deal. He's still out there. So, but instead they yeah. sell. I think they're just going to be – they could be the worst team in baseball. Uh, it's going to be a competition with probably the Orioles. Yeah, I think – I honestly think the Orioles are better than them. So, uh, we'll see. That's it's, it's just sad as a baseball fan to see a team do this. So the A's will uh, we'll see how they do. I mean, they do always end up competing. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, though. Uh, they had a good run. But next up, we have a little bit of a difference, but we do agree on these teams being three and four, um, just not in the same order. You have the Angels as the fourth best team, and I have the Rangers. So let's start with the Angels, Barrett. I have them at three. Um, I think they're good. I think they made a big jump, but why do you have them at four? Uh my mindset on the Angels is they're the Angels, and they just – like, they're supposed to make this jump every year, it seems like, and they just never do. Now, this is another team where I think health's a big deal. They obviously went and got no Syndergaard, and they're banking on him being a stud for them. And But ultimately, I just don't see it all coming together. Like, you have Mike Trout, you have Shohei Otani, you have Jared Walsh. Hopefully you get a good season on Anthony Rendon. That's a pretty good top five, top four hitters. But then you're banking on like Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, Justin Upton type players to really step up and have 
a big season. I don't think their lineup's good enough. And similar to their lineup, which they have a really good top four, they're starting pitching. You have Otani, obviously. Syndergaard needs to stay healthy. And I like what Patrick Sandoval brings. But who's going to be their two bottom guys? I, I could see those two bottom guys getting six wins if they pitched all season. Yeah, they're in some trouble rotation-wise. I'd put them at three because I think, number one, I think the Rangers' rotation is going to be atrocious. But number two, they have two of the top five best players in the league, in my opinion. Otani. Yeah, Joe. I agree. And if they stay healthy, which I'm – I guess, yeah, I'm banking on them staying healthy by putting them at three. If they stay healthy, that's, you know, a combined 60 home runs and, you know, 15 wins on the mound. So – I'm kind of banking on the health a lot, but I just can see them making the jump if healthy. And because I think the Rangers rotation is really, really bad. Yeah. And uh, we can touch on the Rangers a little bit too, but finishing up with the angels. I also don't like their bullpen. So I just, I just don't see them getting over that hump. Maybe they go make a move and they're weak in the middle infield. I know they have David Fletcher, but I'm not a, I mean, he's just kind of a two-home run, 300-type better. Uh, maybe they make a move for either a second baseman or a shortstop and another batter, and maybe they go and get, like, a guy like a Granky at the deadline to try and compete for that last wild card spot. But I just I just don't think they're a complete team. Yeah, I don't like the Rasiel Iglesias signing that much because I, I don't think he's been consistent enough in his career. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I mean, it's – that's really their only guy, too. So Yeah, because they got Aaron Loop, too. But Loop had, like, one good year. I mean, he was terrible with the Phillies. It might just be the Philly curse, but, you know, bring <laughs> him in, and it's now free home run night for everybody on the other team. There was, like, it was terrible. He was supposed to be that lefty specialist, and they ended up not even using him the last few games. But then he had a phenomenal year last year. So they're just not proven enough to me to be given that money when they could have gotten something more of a sure thing there were some decent relievers on the market, like a Kendall Graveman. Yeah, and I wish they went and spent a little bit of money. And hopefully I'm wrong because I want to see Mike Trout and Shai Otani be in the playoffs. I really do. So hopefully they make some more moves. And they – I mean, why don't they go sign a flyer, Michael Conforto, and play him in the outfield? Right. Like a guy like that. They need one or two more bats, and they might need, honestly, just one more arm, one more starter, and I'd feel a lot better about him. Yeah, I mean, they're a team that I'm going to keep a close eye on. Number one, I, I love Shohei Otani and what he brings to the game of baseball. And Mike Trout, um, he's just a good dude. I want to see him hopefully win a playoff game at some point. So uh, I guess let's jump over to the Rangers now. You, you have at third, I have at fourth. Partially, like I said, rotation's really bad. I think Seager, Semyon are uh, going to hit a bunch of home runs. That's going to be a fun time. Nate Lau's not that bad. Uh, Mitch Garver hits moonshots, so not a bad lineup. Adolis Garcia, of course, out there. Um, but I just think the rotation is really bad. Yeah, they might have the rotation worst rotation in baseball. So John Gray is going to have to have a pretty good season uh, for them to be uh, competitive for a playoff spot, in my opinion. But I think this lineup is going to hit a ton of home runs. Mm -hmm. gonna like you already mentioned, Garver, Sam, Sammy and Seager. Uh, Adolis hits 30. Cole Calhoun's going to be an everyday right fielder. He'll hit 25. Brad Miller's oh. going to be in their lineup. He'll Brad, hit 25, 30 home runs. I'm a big Brad Miller fan after watching him in Philadelphia. When he gets hot, any right-handed pitcher's toast because he's just putting it over the 
monster for about a week. And then after that, he ain't hitting the ball. But he can hit the ball a mile off right-handers. Yeah. Willie Calhoun could hit 25 home runs. They have a lot of they have a lot of pop in that lineup. And hopefully they're going to need guys like Lowe, Semyon, Seeger, and Solak to have high averages because a lot of these guys are like 230 hitters that just hit a bunch of home runs. Um, and that might be their game plan. Might, their game plan might be let's hit three home runs a game. Hopefully they're two or, two or three run home runs and we score eight runs because they're probably going to need to score six runs a game looking at this rotation. Oh, yeah. It's not great. Spencer Howard's in it. Former Phil, really bad. They traded him in that uh, fun Kyle Gibson, Ian Kennedy deal. So <laughs> he'll enjoy Spencer Howard this year. Um, what about my team, Perez? Oh, you didn't they sign Garrett Richards too? They signed Garrett Richards and my oh, team, Perez. They're yeah. going to be competing to see so. who can keep their ERA under five in Texas. That is just <laughs> terrible, terrible. But at least they're spending some money. Yeah, and I do like their uh, I like their closer Joe Barlow too. So yeah. I think he could have a solid season if he has a chance to save games. So I think uh, Leclerc might be back at some point. He could be a decent reliever for him. They still mm-hmm. have him coming in. Um, you know, Spencer Howard could be a good reliever if it doesn't work out in the rotation. We'll see. But they just have a lot of holes, so we'll see how good that lineup can be and if it can carry him, uh, Barrett. While we have some more time. Before we wrap up on the Long Relief Podcast, let's take a look at the two final teams we have in the American League West, starting with Barrett. In second place, you had the Houston Astros. I had them as my best team. And then we had the Mariners flopped. You had the Mariners as the best. I had them as second best. Um, I think the Astros are underrated. I think their rotation's really underrated. It doesn't get a lot of attention. But a guy like Jose Urquidy, um, Luis Garcia, and Christian Javier, they could all have big years. I think we saw touches of that in the playoffs, too. Yeah, and I could definitely see this happening. Uh, I think they're relying a lot on some guys like Justin Verlander and Lance McCullers to stay healthy. I mean, McCullers is already dealing with an injury. So that that's what worries me about them. Uh, Valdez has even had his injury problems. But Luis Garcia, Jose Arquiti, very underrated pitchers. Christian Javier, too. I think we'll see him back in the rotation this year. Um, the parts of the team that concern me the most, though, is the bullpen. I think that losing some of their guys is concerning. I know they went and got Hector Neris, and I he's a solid pitcher. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not completely sold on Hector Neris being your guy to go up and set up Presley. That's something that worries me a little bit, like their middle relievers. And I do think, obviously, it's a big, it's big shoes to fill by losing Carlos Correa. And that's a big bat in that lineup. And their lineup's still going to be very good without Tuve Bregman, Jordan Alvarez. But we're seeing this team get a little bit older. Uh, Brantley's getting older. Guriel's getting older. Even Altuve. So I think this team's interesting. And I just – I kind of took the youth. I kind of what, did what you did with the Tigers. And I, I took the youth for a little bit of fun over them. You're not a Hector Neris fan? <laughs> I – I like Hector Neris. I don't like him as your top setup guy. Oh, come on. He was great in Philadelphia. <laughs> Electric. That splitter fastball. Only two what pitches. was the stat that he had? He was the franchise leader and was that strikeouts? Saves. Franchise reliever and franchise uh, reliever strikeouts. So, yeah, he'd come in. I mean, he's good for a 370 ERA, but hey, strikes everybody out. I'll miss him. But Houston, I think, takes the jump to first, like I mentioned. 
The Mariners, though, they're a fun team. And I think if I had probabilities on it, it's literally to, in my head 50-50 Astros Mariners of who comes in first because I think they're so close. It's just sometimes teams like the Mariners who have it all and have a great offseason don't come together. Like things go wrong. And not that I think they will, but I think there's going to be some guys that don't pan out how they expect. Uh, it's just a matter of fighting through that this year, which is why I have them at second. Still a playoff team, but I think they easily could be in first. Yeah, and I, I understand what you're saying, but I really like what they've done in this offseason, and that's why I have them winning this division. I think their pitching rotation is much better. Adding Robbie Ray, the American League Cy Young, and you still have guys like Chris Flexen, and you have the young Logan Gilbert. And I just – I like what they're doing. They went and got Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. I just think this team is ready to make that jump. And the Astros have ran this division for years. And I think someone – I think the manager team, a young team, that's hungry to overtake them. Yeah, they're going to be fun, aren't they? I mean, with Kalenic, Kyle Lewis, possibly Julio Rodriguez, that kid's going to hit. When he gets full-time playing, I mean, he – Reminds me so much of a young Giancarlo Stanton. It's a weird comparison, but I think when Stanton still played the field and was a gold glove defender kind of guy, I think Julio with some speed reminds me of a Stanton in his early days. Yeah, I want, I really want this team to be good because Julio Rodriguez is a stud and I'm very excited. I could see him, like if he makes the playoffs, he could have like a Juan Soto type playoff run and be a guy like that and just electrify a team. Uh, but overall, I really like their team, uh, and I think it's it'll be fun. It's going to be a fun team to watch, and I think it's going to be awesome for Seattle fans to be competitive. And last year was fun watching them. They were in it right till the end, and they didn't have guys like Adam Frazier, or Jesse Winker, or Robbie Ray. They have those guys last year. They're probably in the postseason. Yeah, the Mariners are going to have a fun year. I think rotation-wise, too, they have a lot of young kids, but – them and the Tigers, Barrett, the next, I'd say, maybe this year is the start of it, but the next five years, those two teams are going to be atop the American League, I think, along with the Blue Jays and possibly the Sox. But really, the Mariners and Tigers, they have a lot brewing there and a lot of stars in the wings ready to go. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I'm hoping Kellenick makes that jump too, as he, he was a top prospect as well. You could see – an outfield, the Kyle Lewis, Jad Kalanick, and Julio Rodriguez. And that's all young guys who are studs. So that's exciting. So before we wrap things up here on the American League Division preview version of the Long Relief Podcast, Barrett, any final thoughts on anything American League before we wrap it up? Uh, I think we're going to see some really good division races in uh, both the AL East. I think the Central is kind of underrated this season. I know they're bad teams, but it could be a good race because they're all bad teams. And I think between the Astros and Mariners, the AOS is going to be an awesome thing to watch. So just be excited for baseball as a whole, but AL baseball is going to be a, a fun time. Yeah, there's going to be a ton of 90-win teams coming out of this side of things. I mean, the Mariners, the Astros, uh, the Sox, Blue Jays, Rays, Yankees. I mean, White Sox, Guardians, Tigers, they all have 90-win potential. So should be a very fun year in the American League. But, Barry, we're back next week, next Tuesday, for the National League. So I know we're excited to get that going. But for now, that will wrap things up on this American League preview episode of the Long Relief Podcast. For Barrett Hodgson, I'm Austin Dakuda. Thank you for watching, and don't forget to subscribe.